Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. I'm a mom, physician assistant, writer, and life coach. Two years ago, I was feeling stuck, restless, overwhelmed, and I felt like I wasn't where I was supposed to be, but I had no idea what that even meant. And the crazy part is my life had turned out pretty awesome, at least on paper, but I couldn't figure out what was wrong or why I felt out of alignment. A series of books and podcasts and conversations changed my life and revealed my next journey one step at a time. My purpose right now is to help you wake up to your soul's purpose by sharing conversations with amazing women who've walked in your shoes. Keep listening and the answers to your next step will come, I promise. We're all here for a reason, and I'll help you figure out what that is so you don't have to waste another minute sleepwalking through your life. I definitely don't have it all figured out, so I'll also share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. So if you've been thinking about hiring a life coach, or if you have no idea what a life coach is, and you're thinking, well, I don't know, I probably need one because I'm stuck, and a lot of what Hope says sort of resonates with me call me. Well, actually, don't call me. Let's let's schedule a time to talk. So you can email me hope.cook at gmail.com or go to my website, coachhopecook.com. And there's a place on there you can schedule a free discovery call. And what I've started doing is offering sort of a mini coaching session for free because so many people don't know what life coaching is. So you have nothing to lose. There's no pressure. So I highly recommend it. Hey, everybody. Today we have Courtney Vickery. Welcome, Courtney. Hi, thank you for having me. So Courtney is a dietitian, an intuitive eating coach, and a food therapist, and she does body image coaching. So I'm excited to have you here because most of our listeners are females. And I think a lot of us probably struggle struggle with disordered eating. And that is a way when I ask people sort of, where are you stuck? Where are you the most unhappy? A lot of them have issues with their body image. And so I don't want to just talk about that. I also want to talk about your journey. Um, So anyway, thanks for coming today. Yeah. Thank you for having me and my dog Oliver is here. So if anyone hears him making noises, it's just him talking. Oh, (laughs) he's a little white fur ball. So he's precious. (laughs) All right. So Courtney, you told me that you started out life as a political science major. So what were you thinking? (laughs) What were you thinking you wanted to do? I thought I wanted to go to law school because everyone was like, you make such a good lawyer because you're so good at, um, I don't want to say arguing, but (laughs) discussion. (laughs) That's right. We tell my daughter she would be good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, um, I wasn't quite sure. So that's why when I graduated, I didn't go straight into law school. I worked for a year. Um, Basically, I was kind of like a a political accountant. I did political compliance, Uh, which is as boring as it sounds. I was going to say that sounds horrible. Sounds horrible. It is horrible. Um, (laughs) No, not knocking anyone who likes you know it, but, uh, it wasn't for me. Um, just a bunch of numbers. Um, so I also was in eating sort of recovery when I was getting my political science degree. Cause I had pretty much developed things were when I was eight. And, you know, by the time I graduated, I was 21, 22, cause I graduated early. Um, and I just wasn't in a space to study nutrition. Um, yeah. so I wanted to kind of, you know, get into recovery before I could focus on that. 
What did that, over. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. What did it look yeah, like okay. at eight? Um, so it started out with, you know, I was, you know, in a bigger body when I was eight. Um, and I just remember being really uncomfortable in my clothes and, you know, some other things going on and, uh, being bullied at school, you know, um, people making comments about your body and just feeling really self-conscious about it. And, you know, diet culture is everywhere. And this was mm-hmm. in the nineties when, you know, snack well cookies and God, yes. all these things. And I never did like a diet. So that's one thing that people are always surprised about. They're like, Oh, so you did, you've never done like a traditional, I'm going to do this for 12 week diet. It's like, Nope, just jumped right in. <laughs> to yeah. disorder um, so, you know, just trigger warning for anyone. I'm going to talk a little bit about a few details, but, um, you know, I just kind of started counting calories and carrying a calorie counting book around with me because of course it was before the internet Um, Mm -hmm. and just trying to see how few calories I could do. Yeah. Um, And then this was like a teenager. I was eight, nine. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I lost, I mean, I'll, let's see, I'll use a percentage instead of a number of pounds. Um, I lost, let me do math. I don't know. It was a big chunk between like in four months, I lost a significant, um, amount of weight. And I'm guessing you got positive affirmation. Oh yeah. So I lost like 15% of my body weight as a child. Oh, that sounds bad. I mean, it sounds (laughs) like it's bad for you. Yeah, definitely wasn't good. Um, especially, you know, during those years when everything's so important, you know, for the future of your health and nutrition and making Mm -hmm. sure you're getting all the nutrients you need. I definitely wasn't. Um, and that was, you know, it started with restriction and then lost all the weight. And of course, you know, it's funny, I did get, you know, some positive attention, but at the same time, um, I was also accused of having an eating disorder. Oh, yeah. I always tell the story about the teacher that like cornered me in the corner of the library and like accused me of being anorexic. And it's like, what were you trying to accomplish there? Right. (laughs) Like it wasn't supportive. <laughs> yeah. So, an authority figure, like accusing you. Yeah. Well, and did you see a therapist or a dietitian or anything in your teenager um, early or preteen years? I did when, um, I'm trying to remember if it was in middle school. I know in ninth grade I did. I think maybe starting in middle school is when I started seeing someone because I went to my parents because at that point I was restricting and purging. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was getting a little scared because purging, restricting is scary. For, for me, purging was even more scary just because of the, you know, how quickly the electrolyte imbalance can happen in your heart can That's true. have issues. <laughs> um, and then combining the two makes it, you know, when you're laying in bed at night and your heart's beating fast and weird and you're wondering like, is it going to finally wow. go kaput? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, Courtney, when all this was sort of your life, did you ever think like one day I'll want to work with people who are struggling with eating disorders? Um, I don't know if I ever specifically thought about working with people. I just, it's kind of all I knew in a way. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of, in some ways, as I got older, I realized this wasn't true, but I kind of assumed everyone saw things through this lens because that's how I saw things. Yeah. Um, so I do think, I mean, I've had so many clients say like, they appreciate the fact that I share my story and that I have this experience because if you've not lived it, it's so hard to understand. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not to say that others can't help them, but it's just a different level of understanding um, yeah. in working together. That's so true. And I've also heard it said, your mess is your message. Yeah. And, you know, whatever your trials were, you can share that if you choose to with other people. Right. That's also funny because I didn't share my story until last year. Really? Yeah. But how long have you been doing this? Um, how long have I been doing my practice? Yeah. Uh, so I opened my nutrition practice um, in the fall of 2020. So okay. like, right. So during the pandemic. The, during the pandemic. Yeah. But you know, it's so funny. I mean, I don't want to say like, oh, the po- there's the pandemic was positive, but I'm trying to find the silver lining. And for me, that was realizing that the job I was in previously was not sustainable anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't go back. Um, mm-hmm. So it's the first time in my life that I ever quit a job that didn't have a job lined up. Yeah. Tell um, me what that was like. Um, I have anxiety. So in OCD, so like it really was very, a very big deal for me. Um, I've worked since I was 14. So like, I can't imagine I couldn't imagine not having a job. Like that was very, very scary for me. Um, But it just came to a breaking point of, I can't work in that environment anymore. Um, And it was just affecting my mental health too much. Mm -hmm. So um, we, me and my husband decided like, we'll just deal with it. (laughs) I mean, we're in a position to do that because I had some savings and stuff. But um, my plan was I'm going to like take a year's, six months, whatever, and kind of like recover mm-hmm. from this experience. <laughs> um, but then of course, like two months later, I was like, I'm going to open my own business. Wow. <laughs> I can't be still. <laughs> okay. This is fascinating. Okay. So walk me back through, you did political science. We'll back up. Yes. And yes. then at what point did you decide to study nutrition or dietitian nutrition? Yeah. So I graduated from political science in December, 2008. So I graduated like a semester early than like the traditional four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a job right after grad, actually before I even graduated, I was offered the job, um, with a political compliance firm that's local and worked there for almost a year. And this, in then in that same year in 2009, I had my own wedding and I was in like eight other weddings. Yes. So crazy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so I actually ended up leaving that job right before our wedding. Um, and I had already decided at that point, like, I'm going to go back to school. Um, and my husband had just graduated. So he had a job, um, and I taught fitness classes and yoga classes. So cool. uh, Yeah. I've taught, I taught at Ramsey at UGA for like about 10 years. Wow. Um, So, okay. So you knew you wanted to do something with health, something with nutrition. Mm -hmm. And when I had originally transferred, so I transferred from Milledgeville, like Georgia college to UGA when I was doing political science, Um, So I did like two years at Milledgeville and then finished at UGA. And when I originally transferred to UGA, it was because they had dietetics. Not many universities at the time did, but I just, once I got there, I was like, I can't, I'm not ready. Yeah. Um, And I was so close to graduating. I was like, just, just do it, you know, like just Mm -hmm. finish it. You're already there. Just do it. That's so important. I mean, we follow that path that we're on knowing that it's like not the best fit, Mm -hmm. but it's just so much easier to keep going than to pivot. And Mm -hmm. what do you think um, happened to make you, you said you weren't ready. What do you think happened to 
Um, so when I was at UGA, I, so like I had treatment or, you know, I went to a therapist and dietitian when I was in like middle school and some during high school. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in college, I wasn't, you know, seeing anyone. Um, when I transferred to UGA that it just gotten really bad again. And I was just purging a lot. Yeah. And Being in a college town, going to formals, yeah. seeing every quote unquote, everybody walking around in their little short shorts. I mean, yes. it's, everyone's looking at everyone's bodies. And, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I was working out like sometimes two, three hours a day and then purging all evening. So like, it just, I couldn't do it anymore and it got scary. Um, so I reached out to, um, UGA has, uh, CAPS counseling and psychiatric services. So yeah. I reached out to them and was put with a therapist and I did like their whole treatment. So I did, um, I saw my individual therapist once or twice a week. I went to group like once or twice a week and I saw their dietitian and I really kind of credit that therapist who I still see to this day. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, they ended up opening their own private practice a few years ago. So I was like, hi, I'm back. That's cool. <laughs> just, you all know, right. it's important to have maintenance. So it yeah. is. So you were seeing all these, these helpers, therapists, dietitians, mm-hmm. group therapy. And at this point, were you thinking I may want to do this someday as a career? Um, no, at that point I was just kind of trying to survive. <laughs> yeah. Just get, just stay on yeah. the path, graduate. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's funny too, because I, you know, it's talking about intuitive eating and kind of the, the approach I have now. Um, I had heard about intuitive eating when I was in college. Like I had a friend when I was studying dietetics who introduced the book to me, but, um, at the time I kind of thought of it as like, oh, they're just using that for like weight loss. Like if you just listen to your body, you'll lose weight. Yeah. And, you know, I think, um, I kind of transitioned from like, I was in recovery, like medically stable, but it, you know, was still obsessive and probably more orthorexia. Right. Cause I'm not restricting and necessarily, and I'm not purging, but I taught classes. I mean, I can, I would teach like three hour long intense classes back to back. No problem. What is, what's Uh, that word you used? Orthorexia. Yeah. So like, that's basically when someone is just super honestly obsessed with eating perfectly or healthy. Okay. So very clean. I would say I have been orthorexic before. <laughs> yeah. I would say many, many, many of us have. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were teaching these fitness classes and were you thinking at the time, like I'm really healthy, like I'm killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, as much as I could, I still had like body dysmorphia stuff, but yeah, um, I definitely felt strong as uh-huh. opposed to like feeling weak and sick and yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you graduated. Yep. So I, um, yeah, graduated political science then, you know, worked and then went back and was still teaching, uh, fitness classes and studying dietetics as an undergrad. And then I stayed and did their, um, master's in nutrition and dietetic internship at UGA, because to become a dietitian, you have to do the um, accredited internship and take a national exam. And how was that? Like, were you still sort of exercising a lot and eating disordered and, and yet you're enrolled in things? (laughs) Well, you know, I didn't see it as disordered um, because everyone around me is so focused on like being super healthy. Oh gosh. That's so fascinating. Yeah. (laughs) okay I'm wrapping my brain around it Mm -hmm. yeah okay so you thought everything was fine yeah 
Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I saw working out as, I mean, it was a job. So it was like, yes, I am working out, but I'm getting paid to do it. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I was making myself do it. Um, but it still was a lot of intense exercise. And I remember I was thinking this the other day because I, you know, my, the stage of life I'm in now, I don't get as much regular exercise as I would like because <laughs> mm-hmm. I have two kids and like a million jobs. <laughs> and, um, I remember thinking I was in that stage of life. Like, I can't imagine ever skipping a day of working out. Like, I can't imagine what that would even oh. be like. Like, how do you, how do people do that? You know? Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, <laughs> This is how, <laughs> this is how there's not enough hours in the day. <laughs> so. But you know what I was thinking? Um, I've studied functional medicine and, and it's a lot of how cortisol and stress affects your body. Mm-hmm. But one thing they briefly touched on was how this intense exercise that we do, like all these hit workouts and um, sprint runs and stuff like that. Like that's also a form of cortisol, like your body surging to meet the the physiological demands. And so that is also sort of keeping your body in fight or flight mode. And it's, it's not good for your, (laughs) your parasympathetic, your calm down nervous system. Oh yeah. I definitely would not uh, consider myself as being a calm person at that time. Probably calmer now, but I have help of uh, medication. So (laughs) um, at the time, I I honestly, though, in some ways it's interesting, right? Because like it, it can be that in the sense of the high intensity and the stress response, but also in some ways, like that was medication for me, like, because my body, like got all my anxiety out and then I was too tired to have that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. All right. So then you got your, did you get your first job after you finished your master's? Mm -hmm. So I worked at Northeast Georgia medical in Gainesville. Um, I did, uh, I was an inpatient dietitian there. And at first I was just PRN and I was covering for someone that was out on maternity leave. So I was covering their floors. And then, um, eventually they offered me a full-time position and I was there for about a year. Um, because I was really trying to find something closer to home because I was also pregnant at that time. And I was driving one hour, one way. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, so I then got offered, um, a job at St. Mary's as an outpatient wellness dietitian. And, um, you know, really enjoyed working with that boss and, um, working with that team. And they really kind of let me create the nutrition program from scratch because there wasn't one. Wow. Um, so I learned a good bit, you know, through that and was able to apply all the things I learned in my nutrition education classes. Um, but I will say too, like that was the first time I realized actually counseling people, on nutrition that my approach was different, even though I didn't call it intuitive eating. I didn't talk about like, I didn't talk about my approach. It's just how I did things. And I think people were always surprised when they came to talk to me that I wasn't the food police. Yeah. That's not my approach. Okay. <laughs> um, so you were more like, listen to your body, mm-hmm. that, that sort of approach at that time. Um, yeah. I mean, I do that now, but it was, it was like a mixture. I was kind of in the gray area of like, listen to your body, but also like, this is how many calories you might want to consider. I gotcha. Um, whereas now, um, most of the people that come to me obviously have, you know, eating disorder, disordered eating, or they're a chronic dieter. Like they're not someone that has any disorder, but they've done a million diets and they're just like, what do I even do now? Yeah. We don't tend to, I don't tend to focus on calories. Now I focus on like the plate method. 
um, where we talk about, you know, visual aspects of like putting together a meal or a snack that is fulfilling and uh, makes you feel good based on your needs and your life situation, because not mm-hmm. everyone has the same situation. Yeah. How did you pivot towards that, towards the sort of count your yeah. calories to look at your plate and make it healthy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it kind of was gradual in some ways because you know in school like that's what we're taught is like counting calories and yeah do all these calculations and then in inpatient that's you know it's all just math and science yes heavy um and so when I after I did the outpatient position I was promoted to a position where I wasn't acting as a dietitian I was a director and I was over at the wellness center um and so it was like I kind of took off my dietitian hat for a few years and then when I quit, um, I was able to put it back on because I hadn't been doing continuing yeah. education and I hadn't been, you know, in that world as much. I had mm-hmm. kept a couple of clients while I was in that administrative role just because they were long-term clients and I just would meet with them like occasionally, but I didn't have like, I, we weren't advertising, like come see me for nutrition. Yeah. Um, so when I left, I was like, wow, I can, um, I can do continuing education <laughs> like because you know when you're normally when you're at another place like they don't necessarily pay for those kind of things yeah um and I was like I can create a business model where I can do a lot of continuing education and learn and like um learn from other people as a mentor and so that's really what I spent the majority of the first year doing um obviously seeing patient I mean clients but I was also doing a ton of education. Um, so this was once you yeah. quit during the pandemic? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so you sort of mapped it out. Tell me if I'm getting it right. So you looked yeah. at all the things you were interested in and wanted to learn more about mm-hmm. and created sort of your own year of education. Yeah, because I love school. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that yeah. because you you can't just like finish learning one day and be done. Right, yeah, exactly. And everything's always changing. And I just wanted to kind of come back and get more even deeper I guess into the approach that I wanted to take with disordered eating and I had always been interested like I said in some form of intuitive eating but being able to go and actually do all the courses and the supervision with the creators um, and the group classes and get that certification Um, so I've done that I've done trainings with Marcy Evans who is a dietitian that works with eating disorders and body image I've done trainings with Brianna, Brianna Campos, Campos, I always say it mm-hmm. um, body image uh, uh, counseling with that. And then I've done Jessica Setnick's eating disorder course. I mean, you name it, I've probably done it <laughs> in the past year. Yeah. And you've sort of molded your own ideas about, you know, what you, you tell me you've, you've yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I've, you know, I've just been kind of sitting and listening and learning, um, and then kind of taking that and applying it when it's appropriate to the client or the group that I'm working with. Um, because I think the biggest thing is that I've been able to take that idea I've always had of like everyone's situation is different and to give yourself some, some compassion and grace Mm -hmm. in your situation and just really amplified it and then kind of put together more tools that I can take and give to them to use if they find that necessary. Because mm-hmm. you have um, you have two kids by now, yeah. right? Yes. And so throughout the the last few years, did you find that you sort of developed your own way of intuitive eating and you wanted to share that with your clients? Yeah. Yeah. Um and two, like 
really trying to get the focus off of their weight, which I've always struggled with that with even at the wellness center. Um, when I was a dietitian there, people would come in, they'd be like, well, don't you want to weigh me? And I'm like, yeah, does it really matter? Like, <laughs> I love that. Like, I mean, I will, and I would, if they asked me to, um, but I just felt like it was so food police, like, all right, come yes. in now I'm going to weigh you. Now I'm going to tell you what to eat and here's your meal plan. And, and then it doesn't work. Right. Like, and then you're, you're quote unquote bad. If your yeah. weight is above a certain number right. and you're good, if you happen yeah. to lose a few pounds. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, like if someone wanted to lose weight, we would talk about it and I would try to, you know, help them. But now if someone comes to me, people do come to me and say like, I want to lose weight, even though my intake form before you even can get on discovery call with me, it says, you understand that this is not a weight loss program. Like this <laughs> is focused on healthy and they behavior, still say that. improved nutrition. Yeah. Cause I tell them like, it's okay to have the desire to lose weight, but we're not going to be weighing in and focusing on that. We're going to be focusing on your nutrition, um, from a standpoint of, you know, I don't, I always get weary of using the word balance because then that becomes about weight loss still because of the uh, word. Yeah. Um, but basically like we're looking at your behaviors, like uh-huh. you, you want to move more and do some exercises that you like, that doesn't mean that you have to go to the gym five days a week and do something that you hate. <laughs> like yeah. you don't have to be on the treadmill for an hour. If you hate the treadmill, like let's find something that you actually like so that five years from now, you're still doing it. Mm-hmm. How much of it is like, what percentage is mind work? Like getting um, through there. All of it. Oh, no. <laughs> 100, 110%. It is. I mean, you could work with, I'm thinking finances or weight or whatever it is. And it's, it seems like it's all in our brains, our thoughts. All in our brains. And then, you know, I mean, of course, like I talk to people a lot about like the social determinants of health. Like we can't, Mm -hmm. we can't outthink our, you know, situations, our location of where we live. If we don't have the means to not live there, if we don't have access to grocery stores that aren't half an hour away, that's true. Um, you know, things like that. But yeah, I mean, most of the time, a big chunk of it is our, our approach in our, in our minds. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how, so tell me you, the pandemic happened and then <laughs> how did you like, tell me about that decision, that struggle when you decided I'm going to start my own business. Well, so I, I quit in, so the pandemic started in March and I quit in May. And that first month I was just like, what do I do with myself? I mean, obviously I was busy with kids, but my brain just is always going. So I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? Um, and at first I was like, I really got into, um, like doing crafts and stuff. Like with my, I have a cricket machine and I was like, I'm going to do some stuff for people. Like maybe I'll just like make crafts and stuff. And I started to think about that. And then I was like, this is too much work, <laughs> like too much actual physical, like having to take it to the mailbox or the UPS or whatever. And it was just too many variables without enough return from that. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, that's, that's probably not the best use of my time. Um, <laughs> and then I just, I don't know. I just remember one day just hitting me and being like, I can do what I want. And I can start doing nutrition counseling if I want to, because I've always wanted to in some form on my own, but I've always felt like it was a conflict of interest from the fact that I always worked, you know, somewhere that offered oh, that. Yeah. 
I hadn't thought about um, that. And, you yeah. know, when you're talking, I'm thinking about um, as I'm in life coaching school, we study the change mm-hmm. cycle. And so yes. the second stage is the dreaming and scheming. So it sounds like that was, yeah. you know, the dreaming and trying the cricket machine and trying this. And, and then mm-hmm. phase three is when you actually start taking action. But yeah. a lot of times you trip and fall and you have to start over. And then you, so did you have those moments where you were like, I'm ready to go. And then, <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think, I mean, in the very beginning, I, it's funny because I, I kind of tried to do too much, which I know we talked about that before we got on here, but as far as like my offerings, like my services, I was so used to doing so many things and wearing so many hats. I like did it to myself. And I remember my husband saying like, you know, you work for yourself. You don't have to do all these different things. Like you can simplify and just focus on what you like to do. Yeah. I was trying to do like virtual cooking demos and yoga and nutrition counseling and group. And it was just like too many things. Well, how did you narrow it down? Like, how did you, cause if my husband had said that my first reaction would be anger at him, like, butt out, (laughs) I'm fine. I can keep doing whatever I want to do. Yeah. So tell me how you sort of accepted that and narrowed down. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was stressing me out and um, two, I'll say like I joined and I'm still in, it's called dietitian business school mm-hmm. and it's with Jennifer McGurk. Hello, Jennifer, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> and she really kind of helped me narrow it down in the sense of like uh, something that she said always has stuck with me is to write things down and put them in your parking lot. Like think of it as your parking lot, just dump everything out, all of your ideas. Cause we have all these wonderful ideas, but then only choose like one, two, maybe three things to focus on. That way you're not trying to do everything at once. Um, And really too, like doing what you like. And it was like, okay, I like yoga, but doing it virtually is hard. Mm -hmm. I like doing cooking demos, but again, doing them virtually, uh, what do I do with the food that's left over? (laughs) Like obviously we can eat it, but it's just not the same as having the participants like taste it and smell it. And it's just that experience. Um, When you gave yourself permission to cut back, did you feel relief? Yeah. Yeah. And I've had to do that actually like still like over time, like every, so right now I just offer nutrition counseling, you know, and of course there's other things that people can ask of me and we'll discuss, like, do you want to come speak at an event or do you want to come do this a group session with me? Like that's different, but my main focus is the one-on-one nutrition counseling And I was offering a body image support group, which went really well in the beginning. But then as people got busy, like, you know, groups are just Mm -hmm. hard to find the time to meet. And it was just, I really, really, it was so hard because I really liked when we met and everyone really got, you know, a lot out of the meetings because it was more support from peers than anything. Um, But it just started stressing me out. Yeah. Back to where I was stressed about it because I wanted it to be good and I wanted people to be able to come. And I didn't want them to be paying every month and them not be able to come and not feel like they were getting, you know, what they paid for. Um, So I finally was like, I'm just, I'm just going to take a break from it. So it's on pause right now, which it kind of felt like a weight was lifted just from the fact that I was so worried about people having a good experience with it. And Uh I, needed to focus my energy in other places. No, this is good because I like how you said you noticed it stressed you out. And yeah. so often we are out of touch with our bodies and we don't notice like years later, we'll look back and say, God, that was so stressful. Why did I keep doing that? 
but oh, yeah. we, we have such a hard time noticing it when it's going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. I think that about a lot of things. I, I mean, again, I really feel like when the pandemic hit, it was kind of like a, that maybe that was my aha moment of like, you don't have to do all of this. Like you don't I, have yeah. to run yourself ragged and you don't, I mean, you can, for the most part, like you could step back and look at the things you really want to focus on and do. Um, like I even think about like my kids and I know, you know, a lot of people do a lot of activities, like sign up for activities with their yeah. kids. Um, she has two things she goes to every week and that is dance and art. And that's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. like, that is enough. <laughs> like I do not, I just don't want to overload us with things to do. It's just so much stress. No, I agree. And I don't want to teach the kids that they need to be busy until 9 p.m. every night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't go to bed until night anyways, (laughs) because I can't get her in the bed, but that's another story. But yeah, I just, and also with the dance, um, I, she was doing ballet at first and I tried to, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, they have to figure it out on their own. And I was Mm -hmm. like, it's not going to not be a good fit for you, but you I can know try. you are right. <laughs> they have to figure it out on their own, just like yeah. you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now she's in hip hop, which is a lot better, but at the same time, if she comes home and has had a hard day and is really tired, um, I don't force her to go because I want her to be able to tell me, you know, I'm tired and I need to rest and respect that. No, that's true. Listen, yeah, teach her to listen to her body too. Yeah. All right. So you're doing the coach. I mean, you're doing the coaching and the nutrition counseling. Mm-hmm. And then you also do, you didn't mention this, but I know from uh, my sister-in-law who knows you, you also yeah. do a lot of cool graphic design stuff, don't you? I don't know if that's what you call it. Is it more marketing or graphic design? Uh, website design and branding is kind of like the two areas that I focus on. That is a lot. I mean, that's I enough know. by itself. <laughs> so it's funny. So <laughs> When I started my practice, one reason that I was able to like, everybody was like, wow, how did you do that so quickly? I'm like, I just like technology and mm-hmm. I always have. And I remember even in grad school, like I had a website that was my resume that I was sending wow. people to. And just because I like doing, I had a blog all through my grad school. Like, that's cool. I just like doing that stuff. Um, so I probably spent a way too much time <laughs> on my website in the beginning and re I redid it so many times because I was just one thing. It was fun. And then another thing, I'm just a perfectionist, but, um, redid so many things and just really learned a lot about, um, like WordPress and stuff like that. Cause I hadn't yeah. used it before. Um, and then everyone was asking me for help <laughs> ah. and I just kept being like, okay, like first it's just one person and then it's two and then it's three. And then it's like, okay, guys, like I can't be offering services because I have to do everything by the book. Uh (laughs) I'm like, I've got to like make an LLC and like have a separate bank account. Like I have to have my ducks in a row. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's another good example of like, even though you're good at it, you have to sort of look at mm -hmm. the overall picture and where you're pouring all your energy. And yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I'm kind of, I'm at a point now where I'm getting so many requests from both businesses and I'm one person. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know it's almost, I don't want to say embarrassed, but I'm almost a little shy when I tell people like all the things I do, because I know they're probably thinking like, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
like you have a nutrition practice, you do website design. And also I teach at UGA. (laughs) (laughs) um, It's a lot of different things. And it's so hard because those are the three things that I really like doing. But Courtney, maybe they fill up different buckets. I talk about your life buckets and like, you have to have something creative and then, you know, teaching may be one of your, you, you did strength finders or Myers-Briggs, right? Yeah. So I am an INFJ. What does that mean? Um, oh, well, so Myers, let's see, Enneagram is the one, the one wing two, and then INFJ, what is the acronym? I know we're like, we're like the most rare. (laughs) (laughs) The rare peacock. Uh, Yes. Introverted, intuitive feeling and judging, which doesn't sound great, but, (laughs) but did you use that to sort of direct you towards what you do, like how you spend your time? So, well, I know I've always known I'm introverted, which people always depends on who I, who knows me. Like some people will be like, oh, you're not introverted at all. And I'm yeah. like, uh, I, or some people will be like, you never talk. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. an, I'm an extroverted introvert. I like to talk when I have the energy and I've yeah. like recuperated. Um, I don't like, I will speak to a group of a thousand people and I do not care, but do not make me mingle. Okay. Like, I hate. it's so good to know all that about yourself how do you feel like knowing all this helps you um I think it's been you know something that I've had to just really learn over the years and it's funny about the Myers-Briggs because um I took it when I you know worked my other jobs and I got a different answer than I do now oh um and I talked to my husband about it and I was like I feel like I was almost wearing a mask for so long because I had this professional persona and I wasn't being myself. Yeah. I was being who I thought I should be. And it's like, now I can be more myself. And so that's like my actual personality. <laughs> yeah. So you were, you were out of alignment. Like you yeah. were walking around with the mask on. That's, that's what so many of us do for years and years. Yeah. And it's exhausting. <laughs> It is exhausting. So you no wonder yeah. you have all this extra energy now to do yeah. <laughs> website design and teach it the mm-hmm. local university. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, all right. So, so yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say what you said earlier um, is the same thing my, my mother-in-law said to me yesterday because I was talking about trying to balance and decide how to spend my time so that I'm not being stretched so thin, like being con- conscious of like what I'm doing and where I, when I'm doing it. Um, and she was like, you really enjoy the nutrition counseling, obviously. And like it, it, like you said, like it fills a bucket because you enjoy helping people with eating disorders and their recovery, but it's not something, I think it takes a very special person to be able to do that all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Cause just like a therapist, like I'm always amazed at like how many people they see every day. And I'm like, yeah, me too. just drain. <laughs> I always apologize to my therapist. Like, especially <laughs> when we see her on a Saturday, I'm like, Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. I ruined yeah. your Saturday. <laughs> I mean, obviously wouldn't do it if they didn't want to, but I just know myself and I'm a very much an empath and, um, I care so much about my clients um, that it can be draining in that sense. So I have to be careful, um, how many I take on and how, I don't say involved, but like how much I give of myself. Yeah. Um, The energy exchange. Yeah. So trying to balance like the amount of clients I take on. So I'm really doing the work that fulfills me in that area Mm -hmm. while still having that 
creative outlet that I really enjoy because my husband and mother-in-law are both like, you just light up when you talk about websites. And I'm like, I know it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but Courtney, this is good for women to hear also who are like, I'm stuck. I need to quit my job and like go back to school and study this. Like yeah. you don't have to completely revamp. You can scale right. back on one end and then try some new things and, and light yeah. up a different part of your brain. Yeah. And I think for me, that comes from like the idea of perfectionism, like thinking, you know, that we have to do everything a specific way when really, because I had a lot of imposter syndrome when I started doing the website stuff and even the nutrition stuff, even though I was a dietitian, um, because I was thinking like with the website stuff, oh, I'm not a, tr- you know, a classically trained graphic designer, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't mean I don't know things and I haven't learned things through all the experience yeah. I've had with this stuff over the years. Um, so yeah, and with the imposters, I would think with imposter syndrome, with the nutrition, like, do you, I mean, I'll like sometimes just eat <laughs> crappy, you know, go on a food yeah. binge, but mm-hmm. then do you have, do you feel like people are watching like at the grocery store? If you're I don't um, know, or yeah. at a restaurant, if you're like, I'll have two pieces of dessert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if they know, yeah. Like I, I used to feel that way before, like, but when I was like a new dietitian, I guess, yeah. and like was still kind of in that orthorexic mindset. Um, and I mean, now not so much just because I am so outspoken about not focusing on weight loss and focusing on your overall health and your mental yeah. health and your, you know, again, like we talked about earlier, moving in ways that feel good to you and ways that are accessible to you. Um, but I mean, it does kind of cross my mind. Like I went to Starbucks yesterday. Yesterday was um, National Registered Dietitian Day. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Jennifer, who I mentioned earlier, um, bought all of us in dietitian business school a drink at Starbucks. So we just had like the little barcode. And I was going through the drive through and I showed them the barcode and it said happy RD day on it. Uh-huh. And he thought it said happy birthday. Oh, he was like, happy birthday. And I was like, oh, it actually, I had to correct him because I'm just that person. And I was like, oh, it actually says, um, happy registered dietitian day. And he was just like, Oh, and I, I just had a fleeting thought of like, Uh is he judging what I'm ordering? (laughs) That is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it does cross, I mean, it just naturally crosses your mind because it's what people think of, but I don't let it affect me as much as it used to. Yeah. Well, and if you could go back and give your younger self advice, like maybe the Courtney who was majoring in political science and struggling with eating and what would you tell her? Hmm. It's so hard. Cause I think I, I, I do this with my clients a lot too. Like I ask them this question a lot and I feel like it's hard for me to answer. Cause I kind of feel like not to say like, Oh, everything happens for a reason, but I feel like I've learned something from everything that's happened um, you know, I've learned from the mistakes and I've learned through the process of everything. And I don't regret like still doing the political science degree because it, it kind of gave me a uniqueness yeah. from the other students that made me have a, a different experience than them. You know, it made me stand out a little bit because yeah. like, you know, no one else had a political science degree <laughs> that experience. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess if I had to tell her something, I guess it would be stop being so hard on yourself mm-hmm. would be the main thing. Cause I do feel like it's something I'm always working on is, you know, the self-compassion piece and not being so hard and judgmental of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's it's funny because when I do like a future me exercise mm-hmm. where the future me is talking to the current me, it's mm-hmm. usually something along those same lines, like go easy on yourself. You're, you're okay. Just like you are. Right. Yeah. Just that self-acceptance and compassion and grace, all those things. Yeah. yeah. And what's next on your horizon? Do you have like any plans that are exciting or that you're looking forward to? Personal or professional? Yeah, both. <laughs> okay. Um, personally, I'm hoping that we can get some kind of vacation scheduled for the summer. Um, and we're planning on going to the aquarium, hopefully this weekend, because my son is two and we laugh like he's a pandemic baby. And so yeah. he hasn't been anywhere. I mean, he's oh, never, yeah. he's never even eaten in a restaurant. Like, wow. He's never been anywhere. <laughs> um, wow. And he saw a picture from when we took my daughter to the aquarium. I think it was for her third or fourth birthday. Uh-huh. And he was just like amazed by it. Cause it looks like we're under the water, but we know we're not. Yeah, <laughs> and he was like, cool. we're in the water with the fish. And he just really was excited. And I said, well, maybe we can go. So uh-huh. we're going to try and do that this weekend. Um, professionally. I mean, I going back to the website stuff, I am excited because I've had several clients like sign on in the past week. And I don't know, I just like designing the websites and then seeing their reactions and, you know, hoping that it, it you know, helps them to make meet their goals for their business. Yeah, that's cool. I love this story. <laughs> it's a weird story, but <laughs> no, it's good. And, and tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah. So for nutrition, I'm at vickerywellness.com and my Instagram handle is vickerywellness. And then if uh, website and branding, I'm at decklet, D-E-C-L-E-T designs.com, which is a mashup of my kids' names. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I love your Instagram. You do a great job on your makeup too, by the way. You could do oh, that as like a side business. So yeah, I actually did. I've done a couple of, I don't, I don't like doing Instagram live or stories as much. I don't, I don't like talking by myself. I yeah. like talking like with a person to talk to, but I don't like talking to the phone. Yeah. Um, but I have done a couple of things like with my makeup because I do love makeup. I have like a whole <laughs> list of makeup. So, <laughs> well, y'all go check her out. So Instagram and then Facebook, do you have a Facebook account or is yeah, they're both the same. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. At Vickery Wellness and at Jacqueline Designs. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks, Courtney. That was so good. Thank you, Courtney. So much of what she said hit home. All right, number one, your greatest trials and struggles can end up being your tools to help other people going through the same thing. Number two, give yourself permission to quit something without a backup plan if your mental health is suffering. Number three, don't just let life happen to you. Take time to create a plan. Ask yourself what you want to learn. What are you curious about? Then find interesting courses, mentors, teachers to hone your skills and create the future you imagined. Number four, our thinking minds get in the way of our success more than anything else. Invest the time and the money into getting help with your thinking. Number five, narrow your focus, brain dump all your dreams and ideas, and then choose a couple of things to focus on by asking yourself what you really love. Running yourself ragged or overloading your schedule isn't helping you achieve your dreams. It's doing the opposite. More is not better. Number six, what comes easy to you and is enjoyable and is where you want to pour your energy. And this is what you need to end up doing or spending your time with.
Consider doing a personality test like Myers-Briggs to figure out your strengths. It's exhausting to live an inauthentic life. Number seven, be very cognizant of your energy. Notice what drains you and what seems to fill you with more energy. This knowledge will help prevent burnout. Y'all come on over to the website, coachhopecook.com, and you can see more information about Courtney and get all the links to her stuff. All right, thanks. Thank y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right, if you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. Maybe you'd prefer group coaching. Maybe you need one-on-one coaching or maybe you just want to talk and and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com and schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So See you next week and hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.